0: Just before we get started, this episode includes someone talking about her experiences of birth and birth injury. Welcome to Survive and Thrive, Panda's podcast for expecting a new parent. My name's Alice, and in this episode we're talking about unexpected birth experiences and looking after ourselves around those birth experiences while juggling a newborn, Deb is a parent who had two different birth experiences and she's going to be our guest in this episode's interview to share what she's learned and her insights on looking after yourself after birth. We all come to birth with expectations and hopes. And so something that doesn't necessarily get talked about enough is how much it can throw you when something unexpected happens during birth that you weren't prepared for. Something may happen that may feel hard to explain to people who weren't in the birth room, and it can leave you feeling really upset, confused, afraid, ashamed, or angry and hurt. You might feel really disappointed, including feeling disappointed in your body. You might feel disconnected from what's happening or disconnected from your baby, other kids, or your partner. And if so, you're not alone roughly one in every three women who give birth have something about that experience that stays with them or bothers them that's why it's so important that we talk kindly and honestly with each other about how it can feel when there's something unexpected about birth and that's why i'm really looking forward to speaking with deb our guest for this episode hi deb hi alice thanks so much for joining me thanks for having me how would you introduce yourself
1: I'm Deb and I'm a mum of two children and two stepchildren, so life gets pretty hectic and I also have my own business. So (laughs) it's pretty busy. And so I
0: guess just to jump in, what were your expectations of birth going in?
1: I had a birth plan kind of vaguely set out. I thought it was quite vague and it wasn't really quite set in concrete but in actual fact I probably had more expectations than I thought I had to begin with. Um, I went into the birth thinking yep I'm going to have drugs but not an epidural. That was pretty much my plan and it all went completely (laughs) not to what obviously I had in my head. Um, It ended very differently. Unfortunately needing an emergency cesarean that changed everything um, and you kind of lose I guess your control of the situation, so but I didn't think I needed control, but obviously I did.
0: <laughs> and how did that leave you feeling after the birth?
1: Um, I felt like maybe I wasn't hadn't done it right or I wasn't the same as everyone else, like, oh well, other mums didn't have to do this. what What did I do differently that led to this? I thought it was all sort of my fault, I guess, in a way, um, that it was my something I did or didn't do that led to it but in actual fact it was nothing to do with me.
0: (laughs) Definitely not your fault.
1: No, but at the time it felt like it was very much in my hands, so to speak.
0: Were there feelings or experiences, I guess, that you didn't expect?
1: I didn't expect how upset I would feel that I didn't get the natural birth that I had envisioned I'd have. It was quite a weird sensation to think. I came in here thinking I'd be pushing a baby out, but I didn't. And I've now had major surgery and That's a whole different kettle of fish. So it was very, yeah, it was very quite strange feelings.
0: And I guess I'm just thinking about something that you said, which is that you thought that you were already keeping it pretty flexible, right? Like you were like, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to be perfect at this birth plan where I'm kind of going to have a general idea of what I want, but I'm not going to get too specific because they always tell you not to do that. But maybe like your expectations underneath
1: went a bit deeper do you think that's fair to say? I think for sure I think obviously deep down I had some kind of idea of how I wanted things to pan out and um, you know not having an epidural was a big one for me and then of course I had to have a spinal block so I didn't really get my my envision of not having to have that yeah I guess in some ways it kind of showed me that you can't have too many expectations or plans because it's going to end up completely opposite sometimes to what you thought or it might not but you just don't know.
0: And it's, I mean, but it's so human, isn't it? Like, even that, we can tell ourselves, I just can't have any expectations. But to an extent, like, how can you control that? You know, it's such a big
1: thing in your life. It is. It's it's one of the biggest things I think you'll ever go through, you know, a lot of ways as a woman, like to grow a baby and then have to get that baby out. <laughs> it's not exactly a walk in the park. So, yeah, it's quite, quite unbelievable The amount of emotions you can go through in one experience.
0: And so I guess you're left with these kind of feelings afterwards that you didn't prepare for. And of course, you have a newborn as well. Um, How did
1: you manage those feelings? It was quite tricky at the start. I definitely had some anxiety coming through and some, I guess, in in a way, depression as well. Um, Very strong emotions, very heightened emotions, felt very alone all of those kinds of things culminating into one. Um, and it was actually a visiting midwife that was my biggest advocate who said, right, you need to go and talk to someone and get the ball rolling. This is more than baby blues, so there's nothing to be ashamed of. This is, you know, just part of it sometimes. Let's get on top of it. So, yeah, she was sort of like a, <laughs> a lifeline in some ways. That's so good. And sometimes it's not who you expect
0: or it, it can only take one person Right. Like, was this your your home
1: visit? Yeah. And she just asked one question that just opened the floodgates. And yeah, there was no turning back. I couldn't hide it then. So. (laughs) So that was your first birth experience.
0: Yes. How did that kind of that journey, I guess, to use a bit of a a bit of a buzzword. um, How did that inform how you prepared for your second birth?
1: Um, my second birth, I wanted to have a VBAC. So I wanted to have a vaginal birth after a cesarean, uh, which is quite a full on thing to advocate for. Um, and I was very determined in my decision and hit a lot of brick walls by a lot of medical professionals. That was not fun. Um, and I guess in some ways, I probably went into that one with a bit more expectations than I should have too because I, I envisioned this beautiful natural birth and, you know, everything would be great. I did want drugs again. Um, I was not, not opposed to drugs, but I unfortunately couldn't have anything. So it was a medication-free, <laughs> pain relief-free birth. Um, but yeah, it totally went totally opposite to what I expected. So it was very much sort of a similar experience where it wasn't how it was planned, but... Um, Also having injuries from it and my daughter being injured as well. So it was quite an extreme, extremely different to what I thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah, wow. And I think birth injury is something that affects a lot of women but is still not really talked about a lot. And I know I've certainly heard from mums who sometimes feel like they're sitting there maybe in like a new parent group and... They're just sitting there like, I can't even talk about this because nobody's going to understand. And then injury to bub as well. It's also tricky, I guess, because it's really common for if difficult feelings come from your first birth to then during your second birth, all of that kind of compounds because you've maybe been putting it off.
1: Yeah, it was really really hard in the sense that I felt even in less control with that birth than I did the first one. So, and to not have a follow-up either, to feel very left in the dark about what all of it meant and what the outcomes were going to be was really quite difficult to deal with.
0: Okay, so you didn't get a follow-up no. birth debriefing?
1: No, I had doctors arguing about the severity of the of the injury um, while I was laying on the bed, but not actually talking to me. And never actually explaining what any of it meant or what my recovery meant or how long it would take or any of those kinds of, I guess, important information.
0: Yeah, that's you deserve the information about your birth and the your that's your own health information. And I can hear, you know, you've used the word advocate and that's so interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about, I guess, your advocacy around your birth and how that was received
1: I think with my first birth I tried really hard to advocate my wishes and of course unfortunately it it had to be done that I had to have a cesarean that was not something that I could change my mind about it and it had to happen that was fine with my second I felt like I was speaking but not being heard so it was almost like no like we've just got to do this now you can just do your thing because we've got to do our thing and that's all there is to it there was no kind of all right, well, this is a possibility. What do you think about this? How do you think you would cope with this? Or no discussion about what was happening and informing me properly of what that meant and what the ramifications of that were. So unfortunately, instead of letting me let nature take its course to a degree, they decided to help that, which resulted in the injuries. So
0: So you were left again feeling like... You had not been in control, and this time even more so because you had not really been listened to. How did you then manage those feelings coming out of the second birth?
1: I really, really struggled a lot with the second birth. Um, I, I was thankful that the doctor was determined to give me the VBAC, but I think it was quite an aggressive way to handle it, and I really struggled with knowing what my emotions even were. It was so overwhelming and to be stuck physically in bed, not being able to go and see my little girl. Um, I'd only held her for not even five minutes. No one was available to take me there. So my mum and my partner had to push my bed to the special care nursery. Um, A lot of things like that happened during the stay. So it was quite strong feelings and emotions that I was feeling. And my mum and my partner were advocating for me with that in the hospital stay, but I felt like my actual health was ignored quite a lot. So I was actually sent home quite unwell, physically, not just mentally.
0: And that's, I think that's so important to talk about because the maternity ward experience can really contribute to how you feel coming out of your birth, physically and emotionally, as you said. Um, And that also doesn't really get talked
1: about a lot, but it's huge. It It is really huge, I think. And I think a lot of it was, you know, I was an older mum, I'd already had one. I wasn't breastfeeding because I didn't produce milk the first time, so I didn't even try with the second. They kind of just left me to my own devices. But at the same time, I was really struggling physically even to walk to the toilet without getting out of breath. So it was quite strange that that was, you know, having an irregular heartbeat, but no one really said why or what that meant or what, I guess, what it even was. Um, And then to be sent home, okay, off you go. You can deal with it now. And it was sort of a six-month process of getting over that.
0: It sounds like maybe some assumptions were made about you and the amount of support that you needed because of some of the things that you've said. And unfortunately, we do hear that that happens all the time for a lot of reasons. I think often if you're not a first-time mom, even though it's hard to know what that really has to do with anything because each birth experience can be really different, um, certainly we know if you're an aboriginal mum or if you're a mum of color then health professionals can sometimes assume that you don't need the same support or the same pain relief that sort of thing so you know if you're a disabled mum as well sometimes assumptions can be made so that is really tricky and you know we've touched on advocacy but it is really hard to advocate for yourself during this period, certainly when you're still in hospital. But even when you've left hospital, you can feel very vulnerable.
1: Most definitely. And I think it's really hard because you are so you're in the moment, especially in birth, you're very emotional as it is because you're going through something so full on. It's really hard to speak up and and be heard. So I think it's really important if you have a support person to have that support person advocate for you where they can. Because if you can't speak up, they can speak for you.
0: And so you said that both your mum and your partner were there trying to advocate for you, which is amazing. Can I ask, how did these birth experiences kind of impact on them, if at all?
1: Yeah, uh, it definitely had an impact, especially on my mum. I didn't find out until not long ago that she actually went out to the car park for a cigarette and had a cry. And wanted a stiff drink but couldn't have one Um, and the doctor actually walked past her and had a talk to her and my mum said she wanted to punch her in the face (laughs) because of what happened. Um, So she's brought it up quite a few times now about how she felt physically sick watching what unfolded. So I didn't realise at the time that it would have that kind of impact on them I guess Um, and she obviously didn't want to tell me at the time because I was already going through my own Set of issues, so yeah, of course, she um, wanted to support you, yeah, which is totally appropriate in that yeah. moment. Yeah, um, and yeah, my partner said out of the five births that he's been at, that was the most full on for him.
0: It, yeah, it can be so upsetting, and you know, especially in the situation where you know you've said you were injured, baby was injured, it can be so distressing to be the person in the birth room as well, and have to stand there and obviously the person giving birth is going through a lot and you love them and you're really concerned the health professionals are all running around doing they've all got a job to do and maybe you feel like you don't really have a job to do that is also like a loss of control and that can be really scary
1: definitely and I think having a baby in special care nursery you feel really out of control because you can't even control when they're fed when they're anything because you're not in there And once I was in there, it was different. I was able to feed her and bath her and do all those kinds of things. But even then, she's connected to tubes and drips and a whole array of different things. So you're not really, it's not you running the show, so to speak.
0: This is kind of a big question. So feel free to take a second on it. What would you say
1: you learned from these birth experiences? I think I learned how strong I was in terms of Dealing with the traumatic birth without pain relief was a huge thing. I didn't think I could do it, but I did it. Um, And I think it's really sort of shown me that changes need to be made in the system. And that's one of the reasons why I joined Panda as a volunteer is to try and advocate for other women to have those changes made. There needs to be more communication with the mum through the whole experience. Yeah. I mean, talk more about that, Deb,
0: because I think birth systems and birth culture is huge.
1: Definitely. And I think there's a lot of assumptions made by medical staff too. Um, For myself, you know, you're older, you're a bigger person, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, all the worst case scenarios instead of, okay, you're a woman, you have a pelvis, you're made to, to have babies, let's give it a shot and see how we go type thing. It was all the negative straight away which already, I think, sets you up to a degree to having a feeling about the birth before you even get in there.
0: Oh, my God, so anxiety-inducing.
1: Yeah, and worrying, you know, about placenta uh, abruption and um, uterine tears and things like that from having a caesarean the first time, all these horrible things, which led to me doing a lot of research, I suppose, but um, that's not always good either.
0: No, I was going to say it almost sounds like going on Google to be your doctor and getting that laundry list of the worst case scenarios, it's not a good idea. It's not helpful.
1: No, and it's not when you already have anxiety and having a difficult birth the second time round as well. I already had that anxiety brewing and, yeah, I got onto, you know, VBAC Facebook groups and talked to doctors overseas who were saying, you know, there's no reason you can't give it a shot, there's no medical reason why, And but advocating for that over here is not so easy. <laughs> You know, they don't want to listen to the other doctors from Europe or Denmark or wherever, you know, that I was talking to. Um, what do they know type thing? So it was quite, yeah, it's quite hard, I think, if you're not have allowed to have that open communication with someone and they're hearing you and hearing everything you're saying.
0: And so what would you like to see change?
1: I definitely want to see women being listened to more. Every new parent group I've gone to, there's a handful of women, if not most, who have not been heard in some way, whether it's in appointments, in the birthing experience, and it's not right. We're human beings first. You know, we, we might be made to have these babies, but we're still a human inside our body.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're bringing so many strengths to to birth, to parenthood. I really love the way that you talked about that it's not just about worst case scenarios and what could go wrong and what are you know these perceived weaknesses all of the resilience and all of the strengths and the skills and the coping skills that you are bringing as an adult woman to the birth experience and that should be
1: that should be a much bigger focus right definitely I think I think women rock to be able to go through childbirth I really do and I think to hear every different story no story is the same from anybody and to hear what some people have gone through and come out the other side you know it just blows me away it's quite unbelievable to think that you know we've in this position where we're in probably potentially the worst pain we're ever going to be in in our life but we we get through it we breathe through it it's unbelievable.
0: Very, very powerful.
1: So do you have any
0: practical tips or recommendations for expecting parents in particular, or for new parents who have had a birth experience that you would suggest that kind of helped you?
1: I think number one, don't Google. (laughs) <laughs> that should be a rule for everything um, and number two I think definitely speaking to your support people um, about what you do and don't want or what you are really nervous about and you're scared that you're not going to be heard um, making sure they understand your wishes so they can speak up for you when you can't and I think also having a sort of not obviously not a set and concrete idea because that's what we've talked about doesn't work but some form of an idea of how you would like things to go if certain things happen that you can speak up about before the birth so if you're wanting you know delayed cord cutting any of those kinds of things make sure that they're discussed first so that you get what you want
0: I mean you shared so much with us already but if you had to give one final message to expecting a new parents what would it be?
1: childbirth is one of the most amazing things you'll ever go through and to have your baby at the end is just phenomenal so try and focus on that this little human's coming out and they're yours and they're going to be yours forever so try and focus on the positives of that not so much the negatives
0: i don't think there's any better note that we could end it on thank you so much for joining us dev thanks for having me Deb raised some really important points about how you can look after yourself around unexpected birth experiences. And this can be either, you know, if you are recovering from birth, it can be if you're thinking back, maybe if some time has passed and you're thinking back about your birth, or it can even be if you're preparing for birth. It's good to think about how you might look after yourself if you need to. It's amazing that Deb shared her experiences and insights with us, and I hope that some of it resonated with you. Every person and every birth is different, and so you should absolutely pick and choose what makes sense to you. Let's just go through and recap some of the strategies that Deb mentioned that might be helpful. One thing that can be really important is to explore ways to process the feelings that come up for you around your birth. And it's really important that if you sit down to explore how you're feeling, that you're feeling safe. That is something that's really personal, but it could be with someone else. So you could talk to someone about those feelings on the phone or in person, or it could be by yourself, like writing them down, maybe writing in a journal. The important thing is that however you choose to go about it, that makes you feel safe to feel those feelings. Because if we don't feel safe, then we're much more likely to brush feelings away or minimize them. Those feelings are really important. And if you can make space to feel safe and explore them, that can be surprisingly helpful. Another strategy that you can use to help manage feelings after birth is consider asking for birth debriefing if you didn't have it. Deb really talked about how this could have been valuable for her, birth debriefing is something that's appropriate to ask about and it can be really valuable, especially if you've been left without a clear understanding of what happened during your birth and that's not uncommon. Finally, there are some great birth-specific support groups and organisations. and You can have a look at what's available around you and online. And one organisation that may particularly be worth checking out is the Australasian Birth Trauma Association. They do some really amazing work, as well, of course, as the team here at Panther. One final note before we go. Sometimes unexpected things that happen during birth can be traumatising. Sometimes that's about physical injury, but it also doesn't have to be. If you're having nightmares, waking up thinking about your birth, or having flashbacks while you're awake, then it may be time to reach out for further support. And even if not, anything about your birth that is staying with you or bothering you is a great reason to talk it out. You can talk to Panda. I'm going to read the Panda helpline details in a moment. Or you can find them right there in the show notes. There's also more info and resources in those show notes, so go ahead and check that out. Thank you so much again to Deb for joining us and sharing her story so generously. If you or someone you know needs help, you can reach Panda through our website, panda.org.au, or call the Panda Helpline on one 726 306 between 9 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Friday. If you need help outside those hours, you can call Lifeline 24-7 at 13 or check the show notes for more helpful services. Survive and Thrive is a Panda podcast worked on by the Panda team and produced and edited by Stupid Old Studios in Brunswick. This podcast was recorded and produced on the land of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and never ceased, and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for listening to Survive and Thrive.